Welcome to all of you, and welcome to all who are listening on Torah Anytime and other platforms. First, on a technical note, pr please press the follow button to receive ongoing updates regarding our shiurim, and please share the shiur with at least two friends and thus participate in our Batsas Torah. A Jew lives with the parsha. A Yid lived with the parsha. Maminim, who believe in Ashkacha Pratas, feel this wind of Hashgacha in the Parsha. The Parsha has a certain magic in the way it speaks to us and relates to our personal lives. We all could find that those touch points of connection, those poignant messages relating to our own lives in the Parsha, this is true about Klal Yisrael as individuals. This is all the more so true regarding Klal Yisrael as a whole. The Jewish people and the pre present matzav, the present turbulent conditions of Mohammed we face. Well, certainly we look to the Parsha. We look to the Parsha to speak to us. We trust the Parsha is talking to us, relating to us. And in this regard, I think of what many has said, have said to be the most comforting aspect of this otherwise horrible situation. And that is the achdus, the unity. It sounds almost cliche to say it, but it's true. There's something heartwarming here. When Klal Yisrael is beleaguered, we all have come together. You have Jews of, from different walks of life, from different machnas, different camps, even machanos which have friction, who somehow have come together to the extent that many have said provocatively, you see Hamas what you have done? You have brought Klal Yisrael together. Well, I want to study that issue of Achdus from the perspective of this week's parsha. As Yaakov Avinu runs into Galus, flees for his life from his brother Esav, who's pursuing him, hotly pursuing him to kill him. Yaakov lays down for the night, and he places stones around his head. He places them as a protective pillow. Now, certainly it is hard to imagine what sort of protection, how substantive a protection will it really be? Are the critters really so short and so small? that the stones will ward them, will send them away. But certainly we could appreciate emotionally, symbolically, the sense of succor, the feeling of Hashem's protection, as viscerally his head is snuggled by those rocks, by those bedrocks of security. He feels Hashem's protection. Well, what happens Initially, it says, several stones. By Yosem, he placed them, but then in the end of the story, it speaks of him picking up one stone. He picks up one stone and makes it into a matzeva, a monument. And Chazal are troubled by that discrepancy. Was it many stones or one stone? Barring, barring various pshat interpretations, there is a famous midrashic imagery cited by Rashi, which says as follows. Initially, they were many stones, but then they coalesced into one because the many stones were all fighting. 
each stone as though said, I want the Tzadik Yaakov to put his head on me. And there was no resolution to their fight. So Hashem himself intervened and unified the stones. This way you're all happy. He's upon all of you. Now as with every Medrash Chazal, as with every statement of Chazal, there is more than information, than Midrash or trivia being related here. More than simply grandiose divine feats coalescing stones together. There's a symbolism. There's a concept being contained here. As Medrash Pirkei Drabi Eliezer teaches, there, was exa- there were exactly 12 stones, the number of children Yaakov would have, the number of Shvatim Yaakov would have. And the unification of those stones represents that finally, in the end of days, despite all of the friction between them, in the end of days, Yaakov's sons will come together as one. This is a very powerful message because Yaakov is fleeing into Gullus here. And we know the major issue of Gullus and Geula. The to be or not to be question of Gullus and Geula is this very question, the friction of Yaakov's children. The Mechiras Yosef, which, will, which sends us into the first Gullus, Gullus Mitzrayim, and the current Gullus of Sinaschina. It is only when this sin is corrected that already Nevi'im teach, only in the end of days will we have that idyllic time when Yosef, Yehuda, and all warring factions in Klal Yisrael come together unified by the Mashiach. So this is a powerful imagery to Yaakov, it seems to me, as he's fleeing into Gullus. There will be the ultimate resolution of Gullus one day. The Jewish people will come together as one, as we are Baruch Hashem beginning to see today. Now I want to understand the richness, really the majesty which goes into a piece of medrash, how it's not woven from whole cloth. This notion of the stones representing the Shvatim is firmly based. We can trace it elsewhere in the Tanakh. For example, at Har Sinai, the Torah tells us in Parshas Mishpatim that Moshe erected a monument, a matzeva of 12 stones paralleling the Shvatim. And likewise, in Sefer Yehoshua, when the Jewish people crossed the Arden, crossed the Jordan River, 12 stones paralleling the Shvatim are unearthed from the Arden as a monument. That here we have again and again 12 stones as a monument to the Shvatim. I believe it is based on that that Chazal are seeing in the multiple stones of Yaakov, the foreshadowing of those 12 stones. And just as in the story of Yaakov, those 12 stones somehow unify. Well, that will likewise happen in these other episodes in Jewish history, whether Har Sinai, when, when Chazal teach us, they were they were united in cause, despite an, uh, their, their dissension, that spirit of dissension that otherwise exists amongst Jewish people. At Har Sinai, we come together. That it seems to me, is represented by the 12 stones referred to in the Pasuk itself and the way they echo of the stones of Yaakov Avinu. And by extension, when we make it into Eretz Yisrael, whether in the Geul in the days of Yeshua or the Geul of Lasselavo, those 12 stones also echo of Yaakov's stones and the way the Jewish people will eventually come together as one. So that's rewarding rewarding to develop a medrash this way and to see its richness and the richness of this message of Achdus and how it is foreshadowed from the very onset of the Gala story. This is where the Jewish people are ultimately headed 
this healing which we are presently experiencing. But I think a word of caution is in order. Many proponents of achdos try to stifle diversity. They believe that unity means conformity. And they look askance at people who are too opinionated. You're so opinionated. You're sowing seeds of period, of dissension and Israel. They kind of have an attitude of tread lightly, tread carefully. Don't be too much of an individualist. Don't separate yourself from other people. Don't express your own neshama drive, your own mahalachan Torah, your own mahalachan avoda, your own approach to family life. Right? And this is, of course, an error. Achdus cannot mean the stifling of individuality, the imposing of conformity. That breaks people. True achdus is when we can be unified despite differences. Despite not only differences in personality and how we learn Torah and how we observe Torah, significant personality differences, but even when we don't see eye to eye with each other. Right? And we have differences of view. And we even have criticism of each other. We, yet we still have tolerance, because that is what tolerance means. Tolerating when there is when there are things you see objectionable with the other party, there's tolerance, as in there's something you need to tolerate. That is true, Achdos, and this is a very relevant issue. A Hasidish friend of mine reached out to me a few days ago regarding one of the controversies in the Jewish community in terms, to, in terms of the response to the Tsar and Eretz Yisrael. And he told me he just hopes that this difference of view amongst various Rabbanim and various Machanas does not bring us back to the period there was before. And I think this is the key. The key is we're going to have to learn to disagree agreeably and to embrace differences and the notion that I am limited. I see things a certain way. So necessarily the way of other Yidin and other Yari Shemayim is going to offend me and trouble me. And that's okay. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's really what the Sachdas thing is all about, as represented by the 12 Shvatim. Because you understand the 12 Shvatim who are featured here. In classic Jewish thought, all rep- each represent 12 different midos, 12 different approaches. According to the Arizal, even 12 different nuschos of tefillah. Not only different liturgies in the text, but 12 different approaches to tefillah, 12 different approaches to Hashem. And the rifts will be inevitable. The notion that there could be achdos with differences, that's a rich Jewish people. That's a true achdos. And it seems to me that, that that more sophisticated, more mature type of actus can also be traced in the magic of the medrash of Yaakov's 12 stones. Because let's consider a simple point. A point which is actually explicit in the medrash cited by Rashi, but somehow creeps below the radar of people's notice. Is this really a scene of actus? Are the stones really at peace with each other? Not at all. The stones are as though dueling with each other. The stones were fighting with each other. Each one was saying, let the tzaddik put his head on me. The achdus happens not only despite that difference, despite that fighting, but it is due to that tussle, that skirmish. This rock says the... Yaakov's head should be on me. This Yerach says Yaakov's head should be on me. It is due to that predicament that Hashem intervenes and unifies them. 
Remarkably, apparently true achdus is not despite differences, but due to differences. So long as the differences are mochamal l'shem shemayim and true l'shem shemayim, there's no ego here. I love you as a person. I am tolerant of you as a person. We really see things differently. And each of us are going to try to push our perspective the best we can with the knowledge that eventually there'll be some divine coming together. But initially, there are some stark differences here. If it's really L'Shem Shemaim as represented by not fighting over triviality, but let the tzaddik put his head on me, i.e. each rock representing the Shevet wants to be the support of endangered Yaakov, not only endangered Yaakov's head, not only his literal skull, but Yaakov's legacy, the ideals of Yaakov, which are now under threat in Gullus. It is when each rock has the same vision. I want to support Yaakov, but I want to support Yaakov as me. I recognize it takes my talents, my tchunas hanefesh, to uphold Yaakov's head. And that will come with a certain seeming competitiveness, but when it's L'Shem Shamayim, no ego, no envy. When it is L'Shem Shamayim, there is the potential for a great coming together through the power of the divine, as represented by that sister scene at Harsinai, at Harsinai, when we are all coming together for Torah. There is no petty ego involved. Then different Jews with different perspectives in Torah and life can come together because ultimately at the core, it is not simply that we share more than we differ, but much deeper than that. We all are really fighting for the same thing as we seem to be fighting. It is such a tussle. Let Yaakov put his head on me. I want to be the support for father. I am going to support Yaakov Jewish legacy, Torah, based on who I am. And you're pushing your way. But we are really all pushing for the same thing. Then there could be true achdas. And the two stones come together and, as one in a beautiful scene. Because you understand in the end, when they are all together as one, there's no more fighting. There's no sense, well, more of his head is on your side of the stone than my side of the stone. Because when we're all together, when we all have that sense of harmony at the end, harmonizing all the different stones, all the different colors in an ever-richer tone or antenna called Kali Yisrael. When we're one, there's no more competition. Competition only exists so long as we are in the, that separate stone form. But when we really realize that, you see, we're fighting over the same thing, and each of us advancing our own personal personality actually brings us closer, doesn't bring us apart, when we have that sophistication from which divine achdus comes together, then you have the idyllic vision at the end. No envy. We are one stone. We are one bedrock protecting the legacy of Yaakov, the legacy of Kal Yisrael. That is mature achdus. That is the sophisticated achdus of Geula for which we are all aspiring. And it is that vision of achdus that we will uphold in the present Sarah and Be'ezus Hashem beyond in the Geula which follows the sophisticated achdus unified amidst differences. That is the mature vision. Thank you very much. On a technical front, if you could please press the follow button to receive updates regarding our shiurim and share this share with two friends.